Well, hello there. It's uh, Paul Carruthers. I'm the communications manager for Moto America. And welcome to the second edition. I'm not sure if it's an edition. I don't know what you would call it in the world of podcasting. But this is Off Track with uh, Paul Carruthers and Sean Vice, who's my uh, my partner in crime, who happens to be in Ohio. Um, I know it's like, what, almost 80 degrees here. And maybe, Sean, I don't know if you're shoveling snow or not yet, but uh, how are we doing back there? It is 50 degrees, I will say that. Not quite shoveling snow yet. But, man, when you said hello to start this thing, I was like, my God, that man is sexy. Really? I don't want to ask you what happened. Well, I tried to, I had to, let's just say I had to take a quick shower before I rejoined the podcast. But, uh, you know, I, I feel yes. particularly sexy right now. I don't know what well, it is. Got, you got the voice for radio, and I have a face for radio, so we're doing well here. Well, yeah, that's why we picked this team. <laughs> How are you? I'm good. I'm great. Uh, you know, the first one went well, so we came back and decided to do another one. So this is cool. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I was pleased. I got to the office um, the next day, and my desk and everything was still there. And <laughs> I, I haven't gotten paid yet, but you know, it hasn't been time for a paycheck. So as long as the next paycheck comes, I'll consider the. Uh, I'll consider it a success. Yeah, we uh, we got a lot of kudos. It seemed like on Facebook, and you know, messages here and there, and. I thought it was pretty funny that, you know, our comments about Jason Madama, he, uh, he apologized to me profusely. I was like, he, he, he said, oh, man, I just had too much to drink. I think that the, the uh, Riders Law guys flipped me a Mickey or something. I don't even know what I set up on stage. And I said, it was really no different than normal. I thought you were fine. And he said, oh, I'm so sorry I embarrassed myself. And I was like, hey, it's just you're being you. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Yeah, he got in touch with me through Facebook and uh, and messaged me and and actually thanked me for making him not sound too bad on here. And I was like, "You're you're an idiot. You're fine. Don't worry about it. We we've had worse." And I know what it's like that someone has slipped me a Mickey every time I've ever done anything stupid. I always say somebody slipped me a Mickey, even though there's nobody around. <laughs> Although I've never understood what exactly is that. That must be an Australian it, phrase. It actually, I thought it was an Australian. I was I was actually surprised that he. Uh, that he knew that phrase, but I guess if you get slipped Mickey's enough, you'll tend to learn what a Mickey is. And Sean, I need well, to slip anybody, you a goddamn Mickey. Pink, anybody that wears pink leather definitely gets slipped a Mickey from time to time. I think. <laughs> you know, one of the, at one of the races next year, I'm not going to tell you which one it's going to be, but I'm going to slip you a Mickey <laughs> right in the media center, right before the second superbike race. Mickey That's slipping time. That's one of the reasons I don't drink much because can you imagine if me under the influence of alcohol? I mean, it's like, no. I think it's uh, bad enough. It is. Hopefully it would shut you up. <laughs> yeah, it probably would. It's a depressant, so I probably wouldn't lose my vocabulary completely. You're right. So what do we got going today? I, I, I heard we have a guest on the on the show that's coming on here pretty quick, which which will be our first ever guest on Off Track with Paul Carruthers and Sean Vice. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty cool. We already got a guest after for our second episode. I mean, we we talked about having guests, so I thought, what what better person to have than um, Westby Racing's own team manager, Chuck Jaquetto, man about town, man about the paddock, and a guy who seems to have his finger on the pulse of virtually everything going on in road racing globally. I would say. Oh crap! That's who it is. <laughs> yes. Oh, I yes, my note. I my thing says Chuck Yeager. <laughs> well, well, I, will tell you I did the wrong homework. 
Chuck Jaquetto <laughs> is a bit of a rocket man, although not quite like the guy in Korea, but uh, <laughs> well, I think he's known to break the speed of sound from time to time, too. Yeah, I think he looks like the type of guy that breaks the speed of sound quite often. <laughs> Chuck, are you there? I am, fellas. Thanks for having me on. And here he is. Completely stoked and proud to be numero uno guest. And just so you guys know, while listening in the uh, green room, we'll say, I uh, took the liberty of looking up Mickey Finn. I knew what it was, but I wanted to make sure that you guys had the proper uh, definition. So Mickey Finn, as per uh, Wikipedia, is drugged or doctored drink given to someone uh, so as to make them feel drunk or insensible. A drug mm. added to a drink so as to make the drinker unconscious. Um, wow. Hopefully, in a group of men, that ain't going on. So, I mean, we got a guy right so now in the big We got a guy in the big house right Mickey, now. Cosby's in there. Cosby's in there. You know, it's pretty right. much a panty. It's pretty much a panty dropper. So moving on. Uh, God. I just, Where's well, Chuck Yeager when you need him? Right. <laughs> Somebody slipped him a Mickey, I think. Or a Mickey Finn. Uh, that's the it. deal. It is. It's a Mickey Finn. Yeah, Slip you just shorten it to like... Mickey. Because in Australia, exactly. you shorten everything. Right. Exactly. And to be honest, nobody wants to talk about Mickey Finns anyway. Everybody wants to talk about what's happening in the world of motorcycle road racing, because that's what's most important, at least to the three of us right now. Yeah, I mean, what else is there? You're rounded in. Thank you. It doesn't matter if the season's over, we continue. We're just all about it. Bench my current absolutely. situation, you know what the problem is with my current situation? If Talk I miss, me. if I'm going to get a Mickey, I'm going to have to slip it to myself. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a self Mickey. Yeah. Auto Mickey. <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. Well, let's, hey, so let's, let's get into what we were going to talk about here. So we were, t we were kind of discussing this a little bit earlier today, but, um, you know, I was talking to, I actually did an interview with John Ethel, and I got to thinking about J.D. and the fact that, you know, J.D. beats, and the fact that J.D. didn't have a teammate this year. And I got thinking about some of the riders in the paddock that don't have teammates versus the riders that do have teammates. And it's kind of interesting. I mean, there's a lot of advantages to having a teammate. I know um, when uh, Josh Hayes would talk about when Heron was on the team with them, that, you know, um, and we talked about it last week. During that time period, Heron tended to follow Josh around quite a bit, but I think he learned quite a bit from him and kind of snatched the pebbles from the Kung Fu master, so to speak, and obviously is on his way at this point. Um, Cameron, I think, learned a lot from Josh as well, uh, and I think Garrett probably did this year from Cameron. You know, I'm not sure Tony and Roger, they're both seasoned, but, you know, they had a good relationship with each other. Um you know, so I wanted to talk, I wanted to talk about that a little bit and the fact that, you know, we, we all know that old adage about the first person you need to beat is your teammate if you have one, but not all of them do. So, you know, Paul, what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I look at teammates like everyone's always thinks like, um, you know, teammates are going to have issues together because you know, they're racing against each other and they're going to be, you know, the, the, the best teammates going to win that. What I've seen over the years is with teammates, there's usually one who's quite a bit better than the other one. I mean, rarely do you have teammates where one guy's winning one week, the next guy's winning the next, you know, and they're truly rivals. Um, it just doesn't seem to work that way. It's kind of like in the NFL, it's like they always say, oh, there's a quarterback controversy. 
to me, if you have a quarterback controversy on your team, it's because you don't have a good quarterback. Right. You have two mediocre quarterbacks. So I don't, in, 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 in motorcycle racing, there's always the, it's almost like, you know, for every Eddie Lawson, you have a Rob McElnay and, um, that's no disrespect to Rob McElnay, but Rob McElnay, McElnay knew he was a guy that, I mean, on a, on his best day, and I don't think he ever did. I think the best he got was fourth on his best day. He strived to be on the podium where Eddie Lawson was winning races and, and being world champion. So I think. The, for, for most teams, that's the best case scenario. Everyone would like to say that they'd like to have two guys that are capable of winning every single weekend, but that's rarely the case. So I think the whole teammates not getting along thing is usually overblown because I don't think it's it's the norm. It's kind of, it, it's every once in a while you'll get that one team where those two guys are pretty close and they are racing head to head. <clears throat> I think it's helpful, obviously, um, and Chuck would know more about this than, than I do probably, but I think like when you go testing or when you're trying to go through a bunch of tires, I think it's good for to have a teammate that can just like sort out the stuff that absolutely is no good. But I think beyond that, it's such an individual thing and different guys like different setups and different tires. And, di you know, I, I just don't think it, it, it works out that it's that much of a help. Um, and especially nowadays, because even within a team, whenever I see there's two riders in the team, they do seem to work separately. I mean, it's not, you know, there's, I, and Chuck might be able to correct me on this if I'm wrong, but, um, you know, so I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think having a teammate can be an advantage. If you're the fast guy on the team, it's obviously good to have a teammate that can help you. If you're the slow guy on the team, I guess all you're trying to do is beat that teammate. Um, how it works out for the team itself, I guess that would just, it would. I think it just depends on the two guys that you have. So let me ask you this, Paul, before Chuck jumps in on this. So uh, you mentioned that. Well, let's bring up uh, Danny Pedrosa and Nikki, or Jorge Lorenzo and Valentino. Uh, you know, one wasn't really better than the other, or worse than the other. I don't think. Would, would you agree? Or yeah, I mean, there's there's there, there's some times when they are close like that, but I still think that's it's a rarity because. For starters, if they ask that if there's a number one guy in the team and they ask him who he recommends as a teammate, I guarantee he recommends somebody that's not going to kick his ass. <laughs> I mean, it's just that's just how it works. But and for example, like sometimes when when like like let's look at the Tour de France for example, which is a bicycle race. Obviously, you know that, but yeah. that's a pure team event where you're 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 given a contract as a rider on that team. And you know you're not supposed to win. You're not even all you're supposed to do is help the one guy that they've designated as the guy who's supposed to win the race. And you're there to do nothing but help that guy. Well, it doesn't work that way in motorcycle racing. I we saw that um, last year with with Lorenzo and and Davicioso at the at the last race. I mean, they're they're pit signaling Lorenzo to get the hell out of the way. You know, they they're the message is showing up on his dashboard. They're doing everything but throwing sandbags at the freaking guy to get him to pull over, and he still doesn't. So, you know, the, it, I don't know. The whole teammate thing's kind of interesting, I, and I want to hear Chuck's opinion on it because yeah. Chuck obviously has come from a team where they he doesn't have one, and I think I'm I'm interested to find out if he thinks it'd be good for him to have one or if he's okay with not having one. Yep. Well, I mean, to be to be honest, I've never been in a position myself personally where we've had to think about two riders because budget was an issue. And then finding people to really do the job the right way was another issue. 
I, you know, back in the day, I can remember, you know, mid-80s, late-80s, early 90s, only the very, very best in factory teams had data acquisition and, and used it and knew how to use it, you know, especially on the world level. Um, I, I think because we have so much technology now, we don't necessarily need to work off of teammates. Now, you know, you, you look at it and, um, uh, you know, Chechenello over there, LCR racing, that guy's been doing it, you know, forever with one rider. I mean, he's got two riders now and he'll have two riders again next year, the same guys. But I think that's more, quite honestly, uh, something that a sponsor wants to see. A sponsor wants to see, you know, twice the, 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 the exposure, twice the activation uh, within the same team. If one guy goes down, you have another guy that could still finish, even if he finishes in the top 10, the team still gets kudos, the product still gets activation, et cetera, et cetera. But where we are, I got to be honest with you guys, I like having one super bike rider. Now, to add another rider to the team in a different class, I personally would like that. But to have two superbike riders, I don't I don't know, because the amount of time that you have to dedicate to that rider <clears throat> and then deal with the, all the personalities on the team and stuff like that, it's got to be a real special group of guys, I think, to have more than one rider in said class. I, I really do. You know, a, 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 being close with the Yamaha guys, the Monster guys, and being close with the Yosh guys, because we're sponsored by both great companies. I, <sighs> I, I don't want to say that the bikes, from what I can gather talking to the guys, are are night and day apart, but each one of the riders has their own little idiosyncrasies, and I don't think that one rider can just jump on another rider's bike and and go like a bat out of hell or use each other's information. And, and to what Paul said in regards to the tire testing thing, you know, again, years ago, you had a bazillion tires to test. So, you know, there might have been 10, 12, 15 tires, just rears for for all of us to test. Well, you wanted to get as much input as you could. As you saw this year, for instance, with Dunlop when we were at Barber, they said, look, we, we're splitting hairs now with a tire because it's so good. So we've got these seven or eight rears and we got these two or three fronts. And we want to get some really good, honest, hard feedback. So I don't think they're really looking for the opinion of of the masses, you know? And, and I think, don't get me wrong. If somebody came up with all the budget and everything like that, I'm sure we'd be interested in two riders, but I think also in today's economic, I don't want to say crisis because I hope we're coming out of it, but with today's economic challenges, I don't see any problem with one rider teams, especially here in Moto America. You know, I mean, that's a, a whole other spectrum I can jump off into, but if you got the money and you want to do it, go for it. But try and get one right first. Because if you can't get one right first, it's not going to look good for anybody. And you're not going to feel good about what you're doing at the end of the day. And the I know from running... Go, go, yeah. yeah. The test. So Paul mentioned about having an extra rider at the test. And you know what I'm talking about. And other than you guys trying to break the internet by getting Josh Hayes out there on a bike, you know, was that the reason that you had him to go through tires? I mean, what, what was the strategy there? The strategy for me personally and for the, the technical part of the team was let's get Josh on the same bike that Matt's been riding. And by the way, let me let me preface this with um, Matthew Skoltz 
is a very good test rider. Very good. Uh, and his feedback <clears throat> to our technicians is extremely good. And, 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 and you can break it down into very small uh, segments and pieces. So it wasn't to challenge the wit of Matthew or anything like that. You know, what it was, was we said, we want to know how close our bike is to a front running Moto America superbike that has all the bells and whistles, everything on it. Really, the only thing we were missing this year was a, <clears throat> you know, a, a, an aftermarket swing arm and the Magneti Marelli Electronics. So we wanted Josh to tell us, hey, what's the real difference here? And to be quite honest, you know, it took him a little bit to get up to speed. Actually, he never really got up to speed per se because we broke a transmission and then he had to share a bike. But he didn't have much to complain about the bike. Uh, I think if we had two days on it, we could have moved it around for him a little bit and done some things. Um, but he didn't think it was too far off. Uh, and that makes me feel good. Um, but it, it's, it's tough. It really is because the first thing Josh said when he got off the bike was how the hell does Matthew ride that with such a soft rear brake pedal? And the, he goes, man, I, I hit the rear brake coming into Charlotte's web. He goes, and I almost threw myself over the high side, which is completely <laughs> funny because we can't even get the bike to skid in the paddock by using the rear brake. You know, that's how little braking force it has. So he must've really jumped on it. Um, but no, I, I, I would have Hayes back in a second. You know, when we get electronics on the bike, if we have a situation where Matt's out of the country or we need to, uh, you know, we need to back to back some stuff because of track time, we'd bring him right in. I mean, no doubt to try just to be the journeyman that he is. Um, and in that situation with us moving to the Morelli next year, it might not be a bad idea. But if guys are just going to go around and spin laps, it doesn't make much sense to me. You know, it it really doesn't. Um, and I think <clears throat> I think I think the thing with with using Josh is a little different because you know if I was the team owner, the team manager, whatever, what what my first can my first feelings would be like, hey, I don't want to hurt my guy's feelings by having this guy ride the bike. Hundred percent, Paul. You 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 were you were okay in that by doing that with 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 Josh. Um, a little bit farther down the down pit road, I saw the same thing happen with uh, Valentin DeBeast riding um, uh, um, Jake Lewis's Jake's. bike, and I could tell there were it, it, it was a little uncomfortable. Absolutely, um, I think Jake Jake Lewis felt a little bit threatened, and why wouldn't he? If Wayne Rainey said, "Hey Paul, give your fucking laptop to Sean Vice because I want to see if he can type faster than you on that laptop," I'd be like, "What the hell." Right. You know what I mean? So right. I can. And again, I got to apologize because I said the F word and I heard from my mom last week because I said a few cuss words and it wasn't even the F word then. So I can imagine what she's doing right now. So anyway, she's sorry. Mom. Love me even more. Basically. Oh, yeah. She thinks Sean Bice is the greatest human in the world because he doesn't cuss. Right. He <laughs> is. I think he's the greatest human in the world if she met him, too, because he's, you know, a little cuddly teddy bear. But that's another story. He is. Did you ever notice? Did, and I just want to break off for a second here. <laughs> right. Did you ever notice? Have you ever noticed any whiskers on Sean's face? It's like he has a some kind of a, 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 I don't know if it's a fairy or somebody that comes in in the middle of the night and gives him a shave. He's got a baby face all the time. Yeah. And he's going to be 60, 62 or 63 this year, I think, coming up. I don't think and he, the guy, the guy's got a face like he's five years old, like a little pie face, you know? Sean, and do I you love shave? I on him. 
Yeah, you know, I actually don't shave every day, and if I don't, my wife is, isn't real happy about it. But that's probably because I sometimes don't shower every day, so it's probably more. <laughs> I, I told you, oh I told God. you, I told you the story. I think it was last year. Um, I showed up at the track on like a Saturday, and I hadn't shaved. And uh, Wayne Rainey was probably you know a hundred <laughs> yards away, and he calls he me over. It. He calls me over, and he says, um, "You didn't shave today." And I'm like, uh huh. Uh, am I, am I, do I have to? I'm like, uh, I thought I was gonna have to go back to the hotel and shave. So now, exactly. I've really, now I've really got them because I just have this little growth like constantly, and it it probably pisses them off. And well, well the people you, wonder when I'm to gonna that. shave. So a couple of years I'm the exact ago, opposite. I actually completely. I used an electric razor, and I'd completely forgotten my razor for a race weekend, and I was okay the first day. Um, the second day, I said, I said to to Keith McCarty, I was like. Oh man, I forgot my razor, and I'm an electric razor guy. I've got to go out and get one tonight. So, I, you know, I'm cheap. I went and got a blade, and the next day I showed up, and I had I had those little pieces of tissue paper all over my face. And I said, "Well, at least you shaved anyway." I said, I said, "Yeah, but I almost had to go to the emergency room." Yeah, you had to put a tourniquet on your neck. <laughs> yeah, and, and let me tell you something. KM is Keith McCarty's big on the clean shave. He likes a nice yeah. clean appearance. He doesn't like you. That's what, you know, I'm, I'm surprised why, he let me in the hospitality tent this year, you know, I'm having the whole caveman let, look all the time. I'm surprised he let you buy bikes. Exactly. <laughs> hey, where were we before we talked about shaving? Well, it was we were teammates. teammates. So actually, I had a quick were... question for Chuck about this. So Chuck, did Dane yeah. Westby, when he was, the, he was an only rider, did he yeah. ever, or has Matthew ever, have either of them ever said to you in any way, shape, or form, I wish I had a teammate or... <laughs> Never. <laughs> Dude. I would. Hey, I'm just asking. Devil's both advocate. of them. Well, you know what both of them would do is they give you the um, like Matthew. I've said it to him, and uh, he's like, "Really?" You know, <laughs> like he just took his food away from him, and I'm like, "Well, I'm just saying." He doesn't want anybody interfering with his program or his guys. Period. I mean, Matt is. He would tell you something different, but in in the same sense, he would tell you something different. And then he'd be like, "Is the camera stop rolling? Yeah, fuck that guy. I'm gonna blah blah blah, and this, that, and the other thing. And I'm this is my team, and and which I want to hear anyway because he's taken ownership of it. But right. no, Dane was not down with Dane's had teammates in the past, you know, on the same team, and right. it's just never really gelled. And I again, I I want to go back to what Paul said. I it really, even though it's a team sport, it's a team sport for guys like you two guys and myself. We work for teams." Right. Matthew, Dane, Raj, all those guys. It's them first. And I think you, you I, I've never been as good as any of those guys, not even close, but you, I think you have to have that mindset to go out and do what they do. So to me, I'm more interested, you know, we're all uh, uh, Matthew's teammates. Matthew does not have a rider as a teammate. And I, I don't know how that would work. You know, even you, you guys know, though, there are teams within teams. Let's face it, right. you know, everybody's got their own little squad. And at the end of the day, everybody's got a little lip curl for the guy that's with them next to him anyway. You know, like you say, you want to, your teammates, the first one you want to beat. And, and gosh, that is, that's absolutely true. You know, absolutely true. Um, but no, I mean, I'm look, we're happy with one rider. I mean, we really are. Yeah. Um, I think Trig would love to have a second rider somebody else was paying for it and we could put a little bit of money in the bank or back in the kitty. But beyond that, I don't, 
I just don't see it as very useful right now. Um, I think more people are interested in who can be a backup pilot for them if one of their guys goes down because you still need to, I mean, it's part of our obligation, right? Let's talk about Matt Maladin and Ben Speeds. I mean, obviously neither of them wanted to have the other as a teammate, but certainly for, from Ben's point of view, I mean, boy, that was, that was the carrot. That was the, you know, thing that, that advanced his career, the prevailing opinion is right guys. I mean, do you agree? Yeah, and I don't think, but but I don't think it would have mattered with Ben anyway. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm not telling you I'm best friends with Ben. I I mean, I know Ben fairly well, but and I could be dead nuts wrong. I think anyone who he would have for a teammate, and they were faster than him, I think Ben would have been that way with anybody because he was just that way. I don't really think he looked at. I could be wrong, but I don't think he really looked at stuff like that as Matt did. But of course, you know, Matt's going to break his balls every chance he could. He did it with Yates. He, he, he did it with hacking. He did it with, with Tommy Hayden. He did it with them all, you know, but, but no, I, everybody says Matt Maladin made Ben Spees who he is via coming up. At least I've heard a lot of that. Right. And for sure, I'm sure he took some things away from him. But I don't think it was by the help of Matt. I think it was with Matt smacking him around. You know what Malad used to do? Come off the truck. Reg and the boys and Pete would be over there. He'd go out on his first flying lap and like be right on the lap record and come in and just chill out. Yep. And, and so I think Ben said, well, I got to do this or I'm going to be left behind. So even if it was a Bostrom in front of him or a, a, a Hayes or anybody in front of Spees, I think he would have done the same. Because that guy's special, you know? Um for sure. Yeah, I don't think it's necessarily the teammate that's going to make you better. All it, it doesn't matter who it is, as long as you've got somebody that's a little bit faster than you that's going to make you better, and as long as you've got somebody that you can race with every single week that pushes you to the to the to the edge of your comfort zone um, and beyond that, that's how you get better. It doesn't matter whether it's your teammate or it's not your teammate. Agreed. Agreed. I just I just think it it might make it easier under that tent if it's not your teammate, but. Um, mm-hmm. you know, apart from that, mm-hmm. I, I don't see that there's much difference. It's just, you know, you're trying to beat that guy. And if he's a little bit faster than you, it's going to make you better. Right. I think if, when you come down the ranks a little bit, maybe to some pro-am racing or some amateur racing, then there's a lot more of the camaraderie bug that goes through and, you know, rah, rah and hoopla. And I think that's great. And when, again, when it's time to go do activation and stuff, if you have two guys, it's great. They can chum around and have a good time and sign autographs and give t-shirts away and the rest of that shit. But I... I think on the track, if you're a real racer and you're really committed to your craft, it doesn't matter. As long as there's someone in front of you, you're going to work as hard as you can to get past that guy. But Sean, I want you guys to go back to the Jake and DeBeast thing because everybody, well, I shouldn't say everybody, but people think there's some dirt there and like Jake should be worried. I I don't see it like that. If, if I mean, seriously, it, like Val's going to steal his ride. I mean, they're going to get rid of they're going to get rid of Jake to put Val on Jake's superbike. I mean, I just don't see it. Right. That, that's yeah. just my opinion. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's the case at all. I just think it's. Um, I don't know. I just think it's a little hard if you're that kid that's been riding that bike all year, and they let somebody else go out on it. And I mean, Debeese went fast on the bike, and I mean, absolutely, he hadn't been, he hadn't been riding it all year, and 
I, I don't I don't think it's a thing where, where Jake Lewis is is threatened that that he's going to take his ride. But I think it's it's like, oh, you know, it, it, it's still. I don't know how to say it, but it, it would still make you feel a little insecure or, or or, you know, maybe it's a kick in the ass. I mean, I don't know, but I think it. and again, I think that how you react to something like that is based on your personality. Um, well, uh, for sure. But for me as a team manager, I, I let's just say I, I'll look at it like this. You know, everybody goes to beast. Because the only thing they remember him for, they remember him for two things. <laughs> the first thing I remember him for is the potty mouth uh, at Utah talking about his bike, which obviously they got all straightened out. You know, Ulrich put his foot off in his ass. Right. So that will never happen again there, right? Scratch that. And then the second thing he's known for is, unfortunately, that massive crash he had earlier this year at Daytona. Right. People in this country only see Val as somebody who's got a, a real smirk on their face and rides a 600, right? But what they don't know about Val is everything that he's done before and everything that he still does when he's back in France. That mm -hmm. guy sent us a resume either two or three years, I think it was three years ago, before he signed with John. And I looked it over and I'm like, I, I read the thing and I was almost like, this guy's full of shit. Nobody, mm -hmm. nobody does this and is looking to come here. So I think there's a lot about Valentin DeBeese that we don't know. And I also think that I, I, for one, am not surprised that he went as good as he did. And I think if he had a second day there, it might have hurt more feelings than just Jake's. That's just me talking. Right. You know, there's something about that guy. He seems to be um, all business when he's, on, when he's on the racetrack, like all business. Um, and it's, 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 it's fairly appealing. I mean, look, I guess he did pretty good a few days ago on that Yosh bike, right? right. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, you know, he, he does have a lot of experience riding a thousand, all the tire testing he does for Michelin, et cetera, and racing mm -hmm. and, and the racing that he does in France. I, I think the majority of that is on a thousand. So mm -hmm. it's not like he was throwing his leg over a, a bike that wasn't familiar with him to him, but, um, and he's a good motorcycle rider. I mean, it, it, nobody nobody would take that away from him. So correct. And and correct. and like you said, I think he went well. We don't know lap times or anything, and we won't. But um, you know, I think he did well at the at the test with Yosh, and he's obviously somebody that they're considering for that second ride. So yeah, you know, we he, he doesn't about lack that. confidence. We talked about that no. last week. I mean, we sort of said that we had heard some rumors about the Beefs was going to ride that bike. We we thought we had heard Thunder Hill, but it turned out to be Fontana. So continuing with this, this teammate idea, if it if it comes to pass that Valentin DeBeast becomes Tony Ellis' teammate on that Yoshimura Suzuki factory racing team, I'm a little shocked. I want to see what you guys think. We got, we'll got we have a, a Spanish rider and a French rider, no American, on an American team. It's kind of bizarre. Um, do you guys agree or not? Not me. Why, Chuck? You, Paul? Um, I... I... No, I mean I don't have I don't have a problem with it. Um and and I mean the bottom line when you're putting together a team, you're getting the fastest guys that you can get to try to win your motorcycle races and if they think those are the two guys that they need to have, I don't think they're I don't think checking passports is part of the deal. Well, I agree. I think uh, I think a lot of it um I, I, obviously, the riding, the performance has a lot to do with it. But I think what Yoshimura is doing, um, actually, I know firsthand, 
uh, from speaking with Don quite a bit, you know, obviously they have some time now to make up their mind, right? Season's done. Um, they're waiting on updates from Japan for their bike, etc. cetera. Uh, they're licking their wounds. They're going over what went wrong and what went right. They're formulating a plan. So right now, <clears throat> there's absolutely no rush to, to pick a rider. Uh, and the reason being is because there are riders available. I mean, there's look, they they've only got their eyeball on Josh and and Val, but you know there are many people uh, that could get on that bike and, and and go like hell. You know, unfortunately for us in this country, a lot of them are overseas. Um, you know, Trig Westby's a guy who always said, you know, he is he he really is a true born American to the to the umpteenth degree. I mean, he, he, he truly is. Yep. And he is very pro American when it comes to rider. But when we saw Matt ride in this country and we had a rider debacle of our own, it didn't matter what country he was from. His personality was important and his skill was important and his integrity, obviously. So to deal with, to, to have a deal with Trig, you got to have a lot of integrity, but I, I just don't, see it as that big of a deal. And I think right now with where we are in road racing, um, the, the court of public appeal isn't as strong as it once was. No matter what we want to see, I would imagine that Yoshimura and Suzuki have to do whatever they feel is the best uh, choice moving forward for obviously for some kind of a multiple year deal. I don't think they're going to have anybody there for a year to see how it works out. I think they want them to take their time making a decision. I think how the how the rider reacts with the crew, how the rider reacts to problems, how the rider, you know, is the guy really emotional? Is he really high and then really low? I think all of that gets taken into consideration, uh, especially now. Um, and I know, again, speaking with Don, he's glad that he, has the time and the opportunity to test out at least a couple of guys. Um, let's face it. The guys that are that team have been there for a while. It's a concrete team. And I believe that they should have an opinion in the choice. I mean, you don't want to be with someone just because they win races and they're absolutely horrible to work with. I, I know I couldn't do it. I, I don't want to do it. And I don't think those guys are in a place where they have to do that. So I know the process is difficult for all the fans looking on. Um, but I, I, I think the power of, of, of choices is pretty darn good to, to be honest with you. And, you know, I, I don't have a preference when it comes to that because all those faces that we're racing against are blank when they take their helmets off, you know, that's when you see them and who their personalities are and everything like that. I just, I don't think it's, it's that big of a deal. And surely, surely, I believe Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Stop calling me Shirley. I, I truly believe that there have been other Americans who could have had an opportunity on that motorcycle. I'll tell you right now, you know, I know it for a fact, Matthew Skoltz was on that list. I know he's not American, but I know he was on that list and there are other guys on the list too. I know the reason why Matthew didn't get that ride and it's okay. It had nothing to do with his personality or anything like that. It's just where he is in his career right now. I'm actually kind of glad, right? I mean, I got my guy back for another year. But, you know, there's a JD out there. There's Hayden Gillum out there. There's this guy. There's that guy. There's Heron. There's DeBeese. There's Lewis. 
they have to do what's best for them. And I, and I think that's all they're taking into consideration, to be honest with you. I, I, I really do. I don't, I don't see why they would go by the, 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 again, the, the court, the public court. I mean, you know, we do the same thing with the Red Sox and the Yankees and everything else. You know, you all have your favorites with, with who you want to see ride and who you want to do what. I mean, everybody thinks everybody in the pad, everybody, well, I shouldn't say in the paddock, but a ton of people on Facebook keep throwing Kyle Wyman's name into a bunch of these rides or programs or anything because they see him as the ultimate privateer. And he is the ultimate privateer, and the guy works really hard to do the best that he can. But I think it's a big risk to take a guy like that and go, we're going to give you this opportunity. I think if there were more teams in the paddock, he would have an opportunity easier. Let, I mean, Paul, you know. If this was the 90s, if this was 96, he'd have a Suzuki support program and a bunch of money and going and doing his thing, and he'd be all set. It's just not that way now. I think Kyle is deserving of some support for sure. But those guys at Yosh, to be, you know, to bring this to an end, they can choose anybody they want. And these are the two guys, supposedly, that are the finalists, right? Yeah, it's we a hear buyer's Aaron, market. We hear DeBeast. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, but Chuck, so, let me ask you this. You had said before about one of the advantages of teammates, on a, certainly on a factory team, is uh, activation with sponsors. Is there, Does that weigh into it any? And I'm not saying that Valentin's not good for that kind of stuff, but if we're talking about Valentin or let's just say if it's Josh Heron, you know, Josh Heron's following in social media and all that, and he's a quality writer, does any of that part of who Josh Heron is weigh into the, the equation at all because he's, activation uh worthy for me it does yeah for me personally it does with a team that's still growing i i'm not going to tell you yoshimir or monster energy yamaha is has stopped growing but those guys pretty much got it down they don't make too many mistakes we're all trying to catch up to them so but but for for me it makes a big difference because you don't have a choice in this team. Activation is written into your contract. You know, you have to go and put on a smile. You have to. Matthew missed one autograph session this year. And it was because the team was just so involved in getting his bike right. And it was just such a, there was such a concentration going on with, with he and a couple other guys on the team that he just said, I, I can't break from this. You know, so we, we went out and we, you know, did a little dance for the little dog and pony for the fans. And they loved it. They got their free t-shirts and everything. But I think uh, Josh Heron is a is an absolute activation wonder, and I think with the right tutelage, if you will, he could be even better, and and that's huge. I also think that Valentin or Valentine, um, if he's happy, <laughs> it, or he feels he's getting the best treatment, he'll be happy. I I I I think you'll see a smile on his face. I, I really do. Um, you know, he's been riding the GSXR, and those guys do an awesome job on it. It's a top, top front-running machine; it can win races, but it still technically is a little bit behind the um, the R6. So I can understand why he would be struggling a lot. You know, especially mentally. You know, why can't this do this? Why can't this do that? I, I, I can I can see both sides of it, but I wouldn't be surprised with either of the guys if if they chose one or the other. I just wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised with it. You know, I really wouldn't, you know, but it ain't going to be an answer. We know next week. <laughs> you know, 
we had a conversation. I Paul can remember this. I mean, with Max Flinders. So you know, Max has got his own team and all that. And I mean, it just seems like he's just crying out for being part of a bigger team. And it seems I don't know if he's necessarily saying he wants to have a teammate because I guess riders really don't do that. But it feels like it would be a situation. And you mentioned Chuck this idea about a younger rider. And I think or. Paul, I guess you mentioned it, um, a younger rider with somebody who's more experienced. You know, that would be a case where Max could benefit from being a teammate with somebody else. Um, Paul, do you agree with that? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you have to, I mean, it, put it this way. If you're going to be, if you're, if you're going to come into a team and you're going to be the second guy in that team, Unfortunately, for somebody like Max, you you also have to have proven that you're the next worthy guy to get that spot. Um, and, and it's and it the thing with Max and it's 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 like with uh, with Kyle Wyman and I tell Kyle this all the time. As much as I would love to see Kyle Wyman go to another team, Moto America, the best thing for Moto America is that Kyle Wyman has that team because. If Kyle Wyman got picked up by Yosh, would that team continue? Probably not. So then we lose a team. It's great for Kyle Wyman to get a factory ride, but selfishly, I like Max Flinders having a team. Right. I like Kyle Wyman having a team. Um, I like Chuck having a team, and I don't want those teams to go away. I want, you know, I, I want new guys to get those rides, or or a guy that doesn't have. Yeah, I, I don't know. I want I want to see some some movement there, but I really don't want to see a team owner rider lose that. We don't want to lose that team. Well, no, Paul, and don't forget, we're at a place right now in the, you know, the 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 the, the atmosphere that we have in the paddock is there really isn't a, a stepping stone type of procedure like there used to be. You right. know, there there. Be, so if there was something like that, where seats were always moving and guys could, you knew there was going to be a seat opening up here or opening up there. If there are three or four seats a year and other guys coming in behind, you wouldn't mind so much. But we know right now that that the climate in the paddock is is not that. So I have to agree with you um, in both senses when you're talking about Max and or talking about um, about Kyle. And I think they're both incredibly dedicated to their craft and to the sport. I think they both do a very good job. Look, Max has got his dad over there and Tim. And, you know, everybody over there has a full-time job doing their thing. And So the fact that they make it up, make it to the track every weekend, you know, I, I'll tell you what, I want to hit on this for a second because it, it kind of pisses me off. You know, you always have... I like it already. Some, well, yeah, but, you know, I mean, there's always guys that are up front and there's always guys that are in the back mm -hmm. always and and I, I i i didn't really hear any of it this year and i'm really grateful because it pisses me off but when somebody goes oh you know flinders or smith or jones or skultz or whoever you know they got in my way and they shouldn't be out here and all this other stuff man i don't want to hear that i i i, I just don't want to hear it so if we're going to have guys all within the same second so that we're, now we're going to have four or five guys on a superbike grid. Come on, man, get off it. Just, you know, get, get off it. I, I just, I, I, I like the fact that those guys have something to, to look up to all of us, all my, listen, I've gone to max for parts. Max has come to me for parts. 
I've gone to Kyle for parts. Kyle's come to me for parts. We did it back and forth with Richard Stamboli. We've done it back and forth with, with the, the, the monster team. I mean, it just, there's just this, it's the way things work. Mm-hmm. So to, 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 we have to have a group or a teams like that in the paddock to, right. to aspire to do, to do better. I mean, do you really think, and I'm not saying this to be a jerk, but do you really think Max wants to come in a tiny little box truck? He wouldn't rather be in an 18 wheeler and having three guys work on his stuff and him and his chick sipping drinks. Of course he does. That, I mean, that's what we all want for Matt. But it, it, it's not going to happen until he progresses or he gets a, a, a bigger sponsor. And those are the things I believe guys like him and Kyle and myself and Dave Anthony, this is what we're all trying to do all year long and in the off season too. You know, and, and I want to bring Dave Anthony into it too. Look what that guy's done, right? right? Not only has he fielded his own team, he's fielded another team and he'll probably do the same thing again next year. And then that he rode for fielded... another team who had another team. Right, <laughs> right. at the same time. Right. So, you know, we have well, things going on it's good he's Australian. You can do multiple things when you're Australian because of the talent Is level. that right? Because I'm Italian. <laughs> Crazy. Um, <laughs> Racing against but I think, his own you know, you could go on and – I've ever seen that ever before in my life. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I think – I just think there's so many – I'm glad you guys are doing this because I think there's so many compelling stories to be told in the – in in the paddock you know and i mean i think the same could be said for any of our classes as well because there's guys who really have it together and have a good budget in every single class and there's guys that are lacking and i i shouldn't say guys i should say guys and girls but you know the paddock is mostly made up of men so i'll say guys and not get in trouble because we're just three guys shooting the shit i call yeah, kicks those guys girls, all those time. girls have facebook accounts I talk, <laughs> I talk to chicks, I call them guys, and I go, hey, guys. And I go, oh, I'm sorry. They go, no, it's okay. So I guess they like me to call them guys. Did you say chicks? I Yeah, chicks. Yeah, chicks, hot chicks. Yeah. Okay, good. Chicks don't really dig chicks, so I'll tell you that. I said that to, to, a, to a woman, a woman, a lady. I don't even know what to call them anymore sometimes. I'm going to get the shit slapped out of me. <laughs> but, yeah, I called, I, called Melissa, I called Melissa Paris a chick one time to her face. Yeah, and I think she would have rather heard. Du- yeah, I think it was much rather like I'd rather be called dude or bro. Yeah, you know what I mean, she just yeah. gave me the look, but she doesn't. You know, she didn't go on and on about it or anything like that. I mean, right. Yeah, but at any rate, on another note. Hey, so on so, another note, let's go about the teammate thing. So another thing I wanted to touch on is, hey, how long are we going to talk about teammates for Christ's sake? Well, that was yeah, but we haven't really. That was the theme, <laughs> and I actually, I actually have another compelling thing about the teammate theme. We'll so, be the judge of that. Well, let's see. Exactly. I want to bring up the, the fact about J.D. Beach did not have a teammate this year. I think it sure seems like he's going to have Hayden Gillum and his teammate as his teammate next year on Ridiculous Racing. I don't know if that's going to happen or not, but what do you guys think? Paul, what do you think? Do I think he's going to be on that team? Yeah. Um, It wouldn't surprise me. Um, I think... I have a distinct feeling he's going to try to do as many dirt tracks as he can um, while also doing uh, a road race effort. And I think that road race effort more than likely will be with Ridiculous. Um, I think it'd be, a. I mean, you know, it's not, it, this is a guy that's been on a factory team for a long time. It's not a factory team, but I think it's probably, you know, the next 
step down from a factory team. And if you look at it this way, um, there's not going to be a factory team from what we're hearing. So then, then it is the next best thing or it is the best thing. Um, uh, I think he'd be comfortable there, obviously with Hayden, um, you know, they'd, it'd be a little family over there. And, and I think that there's, there's a lot of people in the paddock, um, who are hopeful that at some point ridiculous, uh, you know, turns into a superbike team, or at least a has a superbike. Um, so it would put him in position for that. I, I, I mean, I can, I, it would not surprise me if, if, if that's how things turned out for him. Chuck, what do you think? Uh, I'll probably slide along the same, the same road that, that, that Paul's on. Um, I'll tell you, I hate to say this, but, um, I got a lot of love for JD and Hayden, all the ridiculous guys, actually everybody in the paddock. Um, I don't think things would be, I, I do believe that JD will end up over there if he decides to, um, road race. If, you know, the, when I talked to Zemke to his manager, uh, a few weeks back, they were up at Jersey and they were feeling, feeling around to see what they could get for, for deals. And I think it depends on obviously where the money is, you know, what, what's going to pay him to, to allow the kid to live, number one, um, and then what they will allow uh, is the second part of the conversation. Um, that's just my my feeling. I don't know that for fact, but I know that he had not just one or two, but I think he actually had three or four people that were teams that were looking at him over there in the dirt track stuff. Uh, I'm not very well versed in dirt track, and I don't know any of those guys, so I don't want to say I don't want to claim that. That's the impression I was under. I talk to the ridiculous guys and I think they would love to have him with, with open arms. But I also feel that the guys at ridiculous do things a lot differently than they do at Graves Motorsports. And technically I know they do things a lot differently. And I think that it could probably, I think Hayden might put a whooping on him, at least for the first few rounds. I know it. it's just a super sport bike and blah, 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 blah. But Hayden's in a rhythm. He's got his guys. It's, you know, for lack of a better term, the way I look at it, just like with Matt, that's Hayden's team. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's the quarterback of that team to a certain extent. And I think we will see, if he does end up over there, I think those could be the best battles that there would be for next year. I just hope there's just more than those two guys battling. Right. I'd like to see some of the other guys get pushed forward some, you know what I mean? To make up that gap because then we can see a freight train of guys, but no, I would not be surprised to see JD over there. He's got a lot of um, history with, uh, with Ken Hill um, and the ridiculous guys. And it obviously it served him well. So I would love to see those. Yeah. I mean, I'd, I'd love to see it happen. I want to see JD back in the paddock. He's got a, a bunch of fans. He's always very friendly. He does uh, really good uh, activation work as far as I'm concerned, especially uh, with his uh, video series that he does. I think it's it's good for the sport. And I think if you get those two hammerheads together, Hayden and, and JD, you know, you might need to wear Depends too. You might be laughing your balls off every two <laughs> seconds with those two clowns. And I mean, I mean that because they both have that sense of humor. You know what I mean? Right. They're both always joking around and everything. I think it'd be, I, I think it'd be wonderful. I, I, I surely hope that that uh, that he comes back to the sport. I really do. I mean, he hasn't left yet, right? So we can't, we shouldn't say no, that either. I, I don't think he's leaving. Yeah, yeah. And and to be honest with you, Paul, you know, 
I, I know what the rumor is with with the Yamaha deal with the six hundreds, but and some of us may have more of an inside line than others, but I don't. For me personally, I don't even like talking about it because in the eleventh hour, you never know what can get pulled out. You know, right. I mean, I, I, it, I, if they leave or if, if they don't have a choice, I think it will hurt everybody. I mean, mm-hmm. I really, I really, and it's not about the tractor trailer, but you're, you're talking about Chuck Graves here, right? Right. I mean, you're talking about 22 years. I, I think it was either 21 or 22 years that he's been with Yamaha 22 now. This, well, 21st year this year, going on 22. Yes. Yep. Sure. Right. right? So uh, Chuck has never said to me personally, anyway, I'm really tired. I want to get out of this. I know he gets tired because the guy works all the time. He never stops working. But I think if there's any way that it can happen, I think he'll be the guy to to pull it off. I, I truly do. I would love to see him back on the Yamaha stuff. But even if he's not with Yamaha, I still... I have a hard time believing that he's not going to be racing. And if he doesn't race, I bet he only takes one year off and then he's back. Yeah. I, I, that That's just me. Yeah, that's I just can't me. see him. I can't see him not being there in, in some way, shape, or form. And Well, he has product, to get, right? The, yeah, I mean, that's he, lively. He and Richard Stamboli, along with Yoshimura, those guys have, they are manufacturers of parts. And the racing is how they sell their parts. So that's one of the things. I mean, anything that Chuck puts out is going to be quality. There's no doubt about it. But obviously, it can be really tried, tested, and trued from his own team, from his own riders, his own mechanics, everything like that. So I I don't know. I just think the guy's got something up his sleeve. I don't know that personally, but I I just do, and I and I got I I have the faith. Yeah, I truly talk do. Talk about activation, <laughs> right, Chuck? I mean, Chuck Graves started that company to you know, create parts based on when he raced and when people raced for him. So it's absolutely the purest form of activation with, you know. Absolutely. That. Yeah, true. That's right. That's right. You, you know, it, it, despite what anybody may think about rivalries or just the way things shift in the paddock or anything like that, you've got to really give it to that guy. Um, he stuck around for... A long time and you know i i what i think what he's going to do will be different than what arian racing did you know kevin stopped that and he went into another line of business and he's very successful doing it and i think kevin would like to come back racing but he's not going to do it unless everything's right and i truly believe that about chuck too but i think chuck obviously has a lot more products his product range goes farther than Yamaha now, much farther than Yamaha. So, I, again, you know, I I think that, you know, JD's out and he's looking. I'm not saying he's going to get a call back from Chuck or anything like that, but you never know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. And that's why we're, that's why you guys are doing this show, so we can speculate and keep keep everybody's, you know, heartbeat racing and everything. I mean, I... Cool about it. Hey, uh, Paul, so absolutely. We, we talked about Hayden uh gillum now i think you may have been there when this happened but how, how how's he doing i didn't he take like a pitching wedge to the back of the head or something from maybe at one point there is he all right 
Yeah, that was pretty funny. I, I, it, it surprised me because on that, well, well, we had on the Monday, we kind of had, we all had an open day, probably guys like Chuck didn't cause they were getting ready for Tuesday. Right. But after Barber, we had the Monday off and then the Tuesday was the, the Dunlop tire test. So everybody was kicking around the idea of playing some golf or whatever. And, and, uh, I'd gotten to the point where I didn't really care. I was, uh, I was, I would have been happy working in the room or just chilling out, but so I got a text from JD and he said, Hey, do you want to play golf? I said, sure. I said, who's playing? He said, me, you and Hayden. And I'm like, okay, you know, 12 hours ago, they weren't even talking. They wouldn't even look at each other. So I was like, Oh, you know, how's this going to work? I'm going to have a lovely day out here on the golf course, you know, with, with you guys arbitrator. who hate each other. Yeah. I, so I wore a striped <laughs> shirt. It was only the only golf shirt I had with me, but it was striped. And we got there and these guys are just, you know, back to normal. And I'm like, okay so then we thought you know let's let's do something funny so that's when we came up with that video with uh with jd acting like he was you know clubbing hayden in the back of the head with a golf club so you know, I, a lot, and a lot awesome. of people liked it and i mean that's just the way those guys are too yeah. i mean it's like jd J, that's what's good about jd he's always thinking of like funny cool stuff we can do to you know just get a little more exposure for our sport and a little a little more exposure that's for right. Moto america for those guys and that's the kind of stuff that works i mean people like to see you know funny stuff these guys doing it away from the track and you know their helmets off and we can see who they are and get some personality out of them and and you know those two guys are both good at that you know it's funny when ray kind of well he was pretty heated that's the maddest that that's the most angry i think i've ever seen jd in my life yeah without yeah. a doubt and oh was he pissed you know i didn't see any of that he was pissed off after oh, that he, race he, Oh, it was, it, it was, well, it was uncomfortable in the, in the press conference. He sat down. He was really? way ahead of everybody yeah. else. We came up after the podium celebration. He sat down and didn't say a word. And I, I, it was uncomfortable. I was sitting there and I, I was like, Hey, how's it going? You know, I didn't know what to do. And the other guys come up and then, you know, then at some point there, uh, you know, Something happened where all of a sudden Hayden said, "Oh, come on, JD, you would have done the same thing to me." No, I wouldn't have. No, I wouldn't have. It, it was it was pretty bizarre. Well, no but shit. I heard after this, Paul, and I don't tell me when you played golf with them. JD said that he pretty much completely regretted the way he acted pretty quickly after that. Did you? Did he show any regret the next day, or was it still just a joke for him? I mean, what? Um, I don't think there was regret. Okay. I mean, I didn't get that. I just got the sense that. I just got the sense that they're good enough friends that, you know, you know, one guy got kicked in the nuts and his feelings were hurt and he thought he was wronged by his buddy. But, you know, by the end, at the end of the day, they're just buddies and they move on and, you know, the other guy might do it to him the next time. And, you know, I just think that I, I think it was if it was anybody but those two that that the thing might have uh, might have lingered a bit. Um, but in this case, I think it's just over with and then next until year it's not. <laughs> They're going to be teammates. The theme of this. Well, maybe. Yeah, you like how you brought that full circle. If we end this thing with you talking about shaving, will it be the uh, the perfect well, show? Well, did you shave when you played golf with those guys <laughs> that Monday, or you know, did you just go without? Did, did I what? You shave when you went and played golf with Hayden and JD that day? Oh no, no, no! I don't, I don't. I'm not shaving unless I have to. Right, he went down there with the 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 three day Bill Murray caddy shaft. <laughs> I've got that. I've got that handsome thing going, you know. Yeah. Oh yes. Oh yes. <laughs> so handsome. Or, or the Bill Murray thing, Cinderella story. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Uh, face only a mother could love. Well, what do you think? Maybe we should wrap this sure. up before 
you know, I put it this way. We've been on this call so long, I might have to shave. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to tell you guys, I am absolutely flattered that uh, you guys had me on first. I got a lot of respect for both of you guys. And I think as you guys continue with the evolution of this show, it could be something that's that's really good. Obviously, right now, it's just three guys sitting around BSing. Um, but I'll tell you, I, I think there could be some really unique guests um, to really speak their mind about things freely and openly. And uh, as much of a good place that it is to thank sponsors and tell people you appreciate them, I think people enjoy just hearing candid conversation. Uh, you know, maybe next time, uh, if you guys have me back on, we stick to the schedule a little bit. But you know that's going to get all effed up if I'm on anyway because I just run on at the jaw. So <laughs> I, I really do appreciate you guys thinking of me, though. Um, you know, but let me say this before I hang up. Do you think uh, – I don't want to say do you think, but, like, did you have three other guys lined up and they all bailed? Is that what you guys called no. me? No, not at all. Well, I, no, we did. No. Go ahead. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell the truth. We did have a third guy, but – Someone slipped him a Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> um, here I just go complete straight man. And what, <laughs> no, the, honestly, Chuck, I will tell you, the only other person we, we thought we were going to have for our first guest was, was Wayne. But, um, you know, the schedule is not out yet. Oh, I... Some other things that he's going to want to talk about when we have him on. So, so you know, we're our, well, Rainy doesn't want to come on the same we're, show with we're me anyway. top notch because, you know, we, we know you have a good perspective on the the paddock and a good sense of humor and a good good conversation so thanks so much for being on well we, we basically we lost the three-time world champion and we're like okay let's just get somebody that's never won one and never will and then you came to mind <laughs> come on he won what are you talking exactly. about he won I'll a tell you. stock 1000 championship last year so yeah well true. there was a rider involved, we finished but... fourth this year in superbike <laughs> yeah um, he did you know, I think, again, I think it's great to have on um, uh, some real popular faces in the paddock, but I think it would be also pretty cool to hear some perspective from uh, some sponsors uh, or from just to kind of spread it out. I mean, I don't want to go backward, guys, but, you know, we sat in the meeting um, with some people that said that Moto America doesn't pay enough attention right. to them. So maybe if Moto America doesn't have the time to exploit everyone in the paddock. Maybe you guys can exploit them here, you know, and, and have a good time and let everybody get their story out. I mean, you know, maybe people want more of this. Yeah. That's something we're really going to try to do. I think between this podcast and, and certainly the stories that we're writing for the website, we're trying to make sure we touch all aspects of the, the paddock. It's a great suggestion, Chuck, because, you know, um, there are a lot of, there are a lot of compelling stories out there, as you said, and, and great things to uncover too. Agreed. Agreed. You you are like the Geraldo Rivera of Moto America, without the mustache. Thank God I don't have the mustache. Yeah, and oh, hopefully we don't spend an entire show uncovering a tomb with nothing in it. <laughs> 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 well, with that, oh. let's say goodbye, Chuck. Um, goodbye, Chuck. Goodbye, Sean. Bye, Paul. And uh, I'll talk to Sean next week, and I'll see Chuck somewhere down the road. I'm sure. And if he's got a complaint, he'll call me, which he never does because there's nothing to complain about because everything we do is perfect. So true. And uh, that's about it, guys. So, again, I appreciate uh, I appreciate you spending a bit of time with us. It was a bit over an hour. Um, let's hope people listen and enjoy, and we'll keep it up. And uh, goodbye, Sounds fellas. Good. I'm going to go shave. All right. We're going to spread the word, guys. We're going to spread okay. the word. 
Go shave. Everybody, Everybody shave. shave now. All right. See you guys. Bye, gents. Peace, guys. Bye.